Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. <laughs> All right. I really wanted that to work, but I think they don't make it for my ear. I need to get like the Tony Robbins, the dual ear, and then like, like the straps around the neck or something, or... Or I could go like Rainbow Six Special Forces and have the bone mic or something. Sorry, I'm a Navy geek. All right. (laughs) Welcome, you guys. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Jesus, man, I just feel like we're at this point, we've already had so much of God that it's kind of like, whoa, I can't focus. Um, hangouts are a lot of fun. Jessica's doing one. There's a bunch of other people. If you, this is the easiest way to meet someone. Just go for it. Some are really good coffee shops too. So hangouts are awesome. Those are going. Uh, oh, I wanted to say this. We, we have a guest speaker coming next Sunday. Everybody say, yay. yay. All right. It's a good friend of ours. How many of you guys remember Chuck Perry? Yeah. Chuck Perry. Cool. So um, it's not him, but... <laughs> I totally said that wrong. Set you all up. Um, so we have a really good friend of ours named Dave Harvey. Dave um, and his wife Taff, they live in Redding, California. They're actually on senior staff of a Bethel Church. And if you've never heard of Bethel Church, that's okay. Um, but he's a great man of God. He's an Aussie. So Aussies are always good people to invite over. Um, but he, is a, he has had an incredible um, just gift on his life. He is full of joy. He's got a few kids. He's just a family man. But he is... He just carries with him uh, a presence of, of revival. Um, he, uh, he's pioneered this book called Increase. I think there's three or four versions now. It's just a book of testimonies. And um, they have an app. If you want to download a cool app, um, go on your iPhone. And I think it's the only iPhone. It could be on both. But you should have an iPhone. So if you don't have an iPhone, go get an iPhone and then download the app. And it's called Increase. Everybody say Increase. So he, I think he's the one, I, if I could be wrong, I, either way, I think he's the one that kind of pushed this, uh, this app. Am I right, Jen? So it's his. Yeah, Jen says it's on Android too. Hey, so you don't have to get an, an iPhone, but you can. <laughs> Here's an invitation. Um, so, <laughs> but anyway, so the app is literally, it's called Increase, and the whole, the whole deal behind the app is it's a place to share testimonies of what God has done. All over the world, people are uploading their testimonies of what God did. So testimonies, literally, they, they lay the tracks for, for God to do it again. And so if you don't know what God has done before, you don't know it's legal to ask for sometimes, right? If you don't know it's legal for someone to, uh, for God to, uh, uh, like, start your car instantly with it when it's broken on the side of the road and you just pray for it, but, but it's happened to somebody. If you don't know it's legal to pray for infertility and you start, you get pregnant. If you don't know that it's legal to raise the dead because somebody before you has done it, like you're not going to pray for it. So check the app out. Anyway, this is Dave's world. He loves this stuff. He travels around, just come back from Portugal and he is an amazing man of God. I just want to say, if you can come, um, it's going to be a riot. He's a lot of fun and he just carries with him a great teaching gift too. So that's next week. We're excited. Um, And um, let's see, where am, where am I? Where am I? Okay. <laughs> pray for me. Let me pray. God, we love you. <laughs> I'm missing my team here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, my wife is here. She says, I'm here, honey. Um, yeah, Father, we love you. Oh, we love you. We're so messed up. We just, we love you so much, God. Yeah, God, we just give our lives to you this morning. Just do that right now. Say, God, I give you everything. I give you everything, God. I'm here for you, Father. I'm here for you. Thank you, Father. Just, just one more second.
I want to pray for a couple of people before we jump in. I just feel really strongly, and I don't want to dive into a whole message. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. <laughs> oh. I just feel like there's people in the room right now that are, um, that are they're having a really hard time. I'm going to just make this really easy for you to stand up. That are having a really hard time getting some joy into your life right now. Like, and I'll throw out words like anxiety attacks, um, many things of depression, major things of depression. This is what I mean by having a hard time with joy right now. So like, if, you, if you're feeling lately that you're having a hard time being free from anxiety, um, stress, um, fear attacks, anxiety attacks, um, I, want, I want you to stand up right now. And it could be tiny, okay? I'm not talking, so you don't have to be like, well, I don't want people to know that I can't get out of bed in the morning. I, I, it could be tiny, it could be big, all, all of the above. If you're having a hard time getting over fear, getting over anxiety, like this is one of those things where you're like, you know you need to shit change the channel, but you can't. You, you get me? Like I know I, this is keeping me from life, but I can't get off this thing. You guys ready? Okay, so here's the deal. One of the keys God's been showing me lately around this, I'm gonna, we're going to release over everybody here, is the verse in Matthew 11. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, humble in heart, for you will find rest for your souls. And here it is. For my yoke is easy, say easy, easy. and my burden is light. Say light. Come on. Here, here's the deal, like, this walk of faith, this walk of, of being a child of God is not meant to be hard. It'll cost you everything, but it's not meant to be hard. And man, trying to get out of these places of anxiety and frustration and fear, it feels hard. Okay? I'm just going to throw a little process into the mix there, okay? It feels hard. I don't know if you, for some of you it feels impossible. For some of you guys, you know this is going to pass. But here's what I want to release over all of us. I want, you to, I want you to give the yoke and the burden that you're carrying to him. I want you to give it away. And I want you to, this is, this is all about what, this is about partnering with truth right now for his yoke is easy, his burden is light. So if you're feeling heavy and burdened, you're carrying the wrong yoke. Amen? I feel God on that so much. Here's what I want you to do. Just put your hand on your heart right now. Just close your eyes because this is between you and, you and the Father. Uh, man, when I do this, I shout it. So you don't have to shout it, but I just go for it. I just start yelling. I say, God, this is not my yoke. This is not my burden. I'll be danged if I have to, if I'm going to carry this one second longer. All right? So right now, just tell him with your own words, tell him, God, this is not mine. This is not my yoke. This is not my burden. This is, this is not for me to carry. You are going to carry this for me. And just say, I give it back to you. You can, you can full on repent. I would. Just repent that you took it in the first place. Just say, I'm sorry. I didn't know. It looked like a good idea to carry this heavy burden, to hold on to this stress and fear, and to make this about what I can do, God. And so just say, I'm really sorry. I didn't know. I made a mistake. Can you, will you take this back? I give it back to you. I don't want it. And so just, just picture yourself throwing something at them. You can drop, kick it. You can do whatever you want with it. Now, Father, we just thank you. I pray over every one of us right now that, Lord, that you are, you are, you are so willing to take this yoke and this burden. Jesus, you went around the country, the, the countryside, taking people's burdens from them. Whether it was sickness, whether it was poverty, whether there was, it was depression, whether it was demons. You took it and you cast it out, God. And you gave them joy for mourning. Praise for heaviness. So, Father, right now we release praise for heaviness, joy for mourning, God. We release freedom over every single person here, God, even those that are not standing, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Right now, just say thank you for doing it, Jesus. Tell him thank you. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just declare, we declare that the battle has been won. The battle has been won. We thank you for teaching us how to walk this out with strength and truth in our mouths, God. Thank you, Father. Yeah, you guys can, you guys can be seated. Jesus. <laughs> can I encourage you guys, even if this wasn't you this time, you can't treat this stuff lightly. You got to kill it. I mean, you, you, you got to kill it. And you, you, you can't, it's so easy to sit there and be like, oh, I just can't change the channel. I'm just so, and, and I'm not making fun of anybody. Like, I've been there. I've been there. Like, I have to, I'm like, honey, pray for me. <laughs> and then I'm like, it didn't leave. <laughs> And I just felt like we were just supposed to start just shouting. I was just like, Lord, this is not my burden. I refuse to carry it. I'm not taking one more moment and sitting in this self-pity place. And you just got to do that. You know, the Bible says after you've done everything to stand, then it says to stand. It says even if you're standing, keep standing. Even if you're fighting, keep fighting. So Listen, when we, teach, when we talk about faith and we talk about declarations and we're talking about, you know, just being people of faith and walking through freedom and it's all been done for you, I just want you to know that it's, it's okay to keep standing. It's okay to keep standing. To, to keep declaring stuff when you're carrying 50,000 pounds on your shoulders can feel ridiculous. So sometimes it'd be better just to take the thing off first and then step into declarations. Does that make sense? So if your declarations aren't doing anything for that backpack you have on, take a second, take the backpack off. Okay? He, he didn't give it to you. It just, somewhere along the line, it became a good idea to you, to all of us. There's tons of backpacks out there. One of them is that the husband's supposed to be the providers, right? Well, that's a burden. The Lord is my provider. And so if you're walking around as a husband being like, oh, I have this burden of financially caring for my family, it's like, take that thing off. There's tons of backpacks out there that the world and the church sometimes gives you. Anyway, all right, that wasn't my message. But Jesus... I secretly like little five-minute teachings because you remember those more than the longer ones. Let's be done. No. Um. <laughs> you got to talk to them. <laughs> oh, Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're doing. You are training us training us to walk as righteous sons and daughters, full of freedom, full of joy. Thank you, God. Joy is offensive. It's offensive because for the people that are offended, it feels so hard. That's why it's offensive. It's not offensive because it's fun. It's offensive because if, if you've been in this place of not having it, you get pissed thinking about it. <laughs> just being real. Like you get angry at it. You're like you're frustrated. And then, now you have frustration and not just offense coming around. Listen, this is why we've got to learn how to walk as children and, and get rid of the baggage. Joy's a lot easier to grab a hold of when you become like a child and you're not carrying the adult anxieties of whatever 50 things you think you're supposed to have responsibility over. Okay. All right. Today. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I don't know where we're going to go now. All right. Yes, I do. I do. I do. I love God. Oh, I love him. Thanks for coming to church. You didn't have to come. 
but it's not nearly as much fun without you. So I'm so glad you guys are here. A bunch of smiling faces with Jesus in you. Okay, I want to read. We're going to read a little bit of here. Um, First, First Corinthians. Where are we? First Corinthians 3, if you want to come with me. I'll go alone. I'm just kidding. All right. Come if you want to read with me. First Corinthians 3. I want to talk about, uh, it's, it's actually a little bit in line with what we were talking about, because we want to talk about foundations. I want to talk about how we're building. And it's all, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with building healthy people. I'm obsessed with it. I love revival, but, but I love revival filled with healthy people, because healthy people will sustain a revival. You can, you, can, you can get a lot of power and explosions with passionate people, but eventually... Without a healthy foundation, it's going to simmer down and it's going to simmer out. All right? This is why people will go up to you and say, brother, I know you're really excited. You just got saved, but it'll pass. It's just a honeymoon. They say that because they themselves have simmered out. And I wonder, do they have a healthy foundation that they've built? So I want to talk about building a little bit. Um, we're just going to read some scripture because it, it, it talks about it a lot. All right, I'm gonna, we're just going to start verse verse 1. We'll go to about verse, I think, 15. We'll see. All right, uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh and as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not able to. For you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not, you are not fleshly and you are not walking like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly and are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am a Paul, and the other says, I am Apollos, are you not mere men? So he's talking about how he's built people. He builds them with milk first and then, and then real meat. And there's a, there's a process of building. Paul even does it. All right, verse five. What then is Apollos and what is Paul? He's talking about himself and this guy, Apollos. They're, they're ministry partners. Apollos was in the city. And he says, servant, and, and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted Apollos water, but God was causing the growth. So he's talking about how it's being, people are being built. There's watering, there's growth, there's, there's, there's seed planting. But God was causing the growth. Everybody say, God causes the growth. See, there's another burden, little backpack there, right? Some of you guys are like all burdened down because you're not where you should be. Uh, let me rephrase that. You're not where you want to be. And you're like, in your anxiety over success issues and, and like, I'm not far enough along. Maybe you're 40, maybe you're 50, maybe you're 60, maybe you're 30. And you're like, I, I'm supposed to be further along. And listen, God, he's the one that grows us. Who, who are you to say what you're supposed to be like now, right? If you're supposed to be childlike when you're 60, who are you to say you should feel more mature? Come on. destiny. <laughs> this is where I need the ear thing so I can use my hands. I'm an, I'm, I'm an extrovert tied down. All right. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. Isn't that cool? Paul is literally coming in humility here. And he says, listen, I'm not even, I, don't even look at me right now in this process. But what really matters is that God is growing. So, so, so now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. This is what he's saying. He says, listen, just do what you're supposed to do. You do, do what you're called to do. You might be the person that, that plants a seed at 7-Eleven for the person walking. You might say, has anybody told you Jesus loves you today? I'm the first. Let me tell you, he loves you and he has a plan for your life. Thank you. Have a good day right? You planted a seed. The next person might come and say, hey, you should repent and give your life to Jesus. Okay. That person might have water. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody has their own gift. Everybody has what they're called to do. And yet we look at somebody else and we put a burden on because I'm not like Tim or Mary or Sarah. I, you put a burden on. 
It's all coming together. All right. So let me just keep, let's keep reading. For, I'll just back up. Verse 8. Now he who plants and the one who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. By the way, reward, it's in the Bible. He is a rewarder. Do you know that I reward my kids? You know why? Because I want to be like the father. There's a pastor I, I know. He's a great guy. Um, well, it was, it's, I think it's Bill. We were reading his book on parenting. And he, he told his kids that if you'll read this book, um, I believe it was actually uh, Defining Moments. <laughs> but if, you read, if, they read, if his grandkids would read this book called Defining Moments, how much would he give them? Like $500. And you're like, really? Like, is that biblical? Or is that, are you supposed to do that? What are you trying to do? You're giving them money for something they should be doing anyway? He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder who, for those who seek him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why? We sh- shouldn't we just be seeking you anyway, Jesus? Yes, because there's rewards. When you seek him, and he's a reward. So when you seek him, when you do the Lord's work, it's okay to believe that there's a reward coming. There's a reward for righteousness, for right living. It's called peace. It's called, it's called freedom. There's also reward for unrighteous living. It's called sadness and depression and anxiety and fear. All right, all right, we're going to move on. Sorry, that was a rabbit trail. It, quiet down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They know I love them. They know. <laughs> a little too much freedom up here. <laughs> I'm going to stop preaching freedom. Okay, sorry. Um. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. All right. For we are God's fellow workers. Say fellow workers. You're on his team. You're on his team. You can't, be on, you can't do anything for him if you're sitting there in a chair full of anxiety and full of fear and indecisiveness and double-mindedness and self-pity and all these things. Stuff's real. That's why I'm telling you, you've got to kill this stuff. You've got to kill it. All right, we're on the same team. We are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field and God's building. So you're not just his workers, but here we go. You're God's field, his cultivated land, it actually says. His cultivated land. You're his building. So he's building us. He, we're his field. Come on, let's keep reading. Verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me, okay, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. So Paul's just saying, listen, I've come around and I'm building people up. I'm building the church. I'm, I'm traveling. I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each man's work will become evident. What he's saying is there's, there's a reward on how you build. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. And if any man's work, which he has built on it, remains, he will receive a reward. And if any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as though, yet as through fire. What they're saying here is, is listen, we're gonna, you're, you're God's workmanship. You're a house. You, I mean, you're, you're his building. You're his field. You're, you're what he's building. And he started this life that you have on a foundation of who? Of Jesus, who is the cornerstone. keep thinking like the three little pigs like they they each built something and (laughs) but it's a really prophetic picture isn't it right the the the, one builds it out of hay and another one builds it out of what straw no is it sticks and the last one bricks where do they all end up in the house with a brick right 
Come on. Some of you guys are building really nice brick houses and you have people around you for a reason. You have people hanging out in your houses. You have people hanging out, going to lunch with you. There's a reason. Find people with brick houses and ask them how they built their house. That's called discipleship, okay? <laughs> find a brick house, find out who lives there, and say, I want to be around you more. That's just simple discipleship. Okay. I want to, um, God, do I have time for this? Okay. Bear with me. I think this is really fun, and I think it's going to be powerful. There's a, there's a fun movie, all right? It just, it just came out. Jessica and I, Jessica, I'll be real. Jessica was the only reason I went to see it. It's a movie called The Biggest Little Farm. Anybody ever seen that? Raise your hand. What's that? Your mom's side. Who's, who's seen that? Raise your hand. So just think, like, let's just look at four people, all right? It ain't a blockbuster. I think it came out for like two days or something. You had to see it during those two days. I don't know how you can see it again, but if you can, find a way to see it, especially after my message. Is it still out? Find it. It's in a random theater, probably that shows indie movies. Go see it. I cried the whole time. It's about a farm, all right? I cried. So here's the, here's the premise of the movie, all right? There's no spoilers because it's just a farm, okay? It's not like the farmer was the so-and-so's father and the force and yeah, the rebel force. No, didn't happen that way. The whole idea is this couple from Santa Monica, um, and there's some details I'm so going to leave out because you don't want to hear about it right now. But short story is this, this couple decides that they want to slow down from life. They're successful in social media, I think, and filming. And they say, you know, I need to not do this anymore. Let's move out to a farm where our dog can be free and all this stuff. And um, so they do that. And they move into like central California. They start a farm, but they, they don't want to start just any farm. And they bring in this farmer, this consultant dude, and they decide they want to build a farm holistically. Everybody say holistically. holistically. I think that just means holy, like, like full, like, yeah, what was the word I was using earlier? Kind of, it'll come to me. What was it? Clean, yes, clean. It's, it's holistic. It's, it's got all the parts in it, okay? It's like, an, it's like an ecosystem. That's the word, a full ecosystem. So they want to, so a lot of farms, if you don't know, they're very, they're, they have certain crops, okay? And you'll, see, you'll know that because you'll see the farm and it's all rows of spinach, and that's it. Or maybe you drive by and you see rows and rows of orange trees. You guys with me? You seen those? That's where a lot of farms go. In fact, most farms. Why? Because it's easier. And so maybe that's just what the soil can do. Maybe it's just profitable to not have a pond and take care of geese at the pond because the geese, they don't, make, they don't make my oranges grow. Okay, so why would I have a pond with geese in it? And so this whole idea was we're going to build this farm and it's going to be a full, like, the circle of life and it's going to be wonderful. Everything's going to grow. And so they literally prepared this, just run down, just hard ground, everything. You, I was going to show the trailer and I decided not to. Oh. <laughs> oh. No, we're not going to. Go see the trailer or watch the trailer on YouTube. Not right now. And so... So they end up planting all these different plants. They had peaches. They had all different types of fruit trees. They had um, spinach. They had all the different types of anything you can think of. They planted it, all of it. And, and the reality was, it was a whole lot harder than any other farm probably had, okay? And one thing they did, I remember, is they were told, listen, you can't just have fruit trees and nothing on the ground. You gotta put ground cover in. What's ground cover? Like weeds and, and wildflowers and all like that. So they did. They planted grass and, and weeds and wildflowers everywhere. And so this, this, it just looked like a mess. It looked, everybody's life looks like a mess. I'm just kidding. So, and so they, it looked like a mess. There was stuff everywhere. They, put a, they, put a, they had hundreds of chickens. Um, they had, um, they had a, a pond with ducks. They actually re released little ducklings in there. So cute. They had pigs. They had, they had goats. They had sheep. They had everything. Okay, just picture anything you put on a farm they wanted to have. Okay, and so they had this whole thing. Well, here's the, here's the cool, here's why you should go watch the movie. As they started building this farm, they weren't farmers, okay? Um, but they had this guy come in, right? The master builder, I don't know. And so he comes in and he, he starts to tell them what, you, what they need to do next. And so they, had, they built this farm. And then what happens is, inevitably, every year they had this farm, some new, like, 
like catastrophe or disaster or, or plague or plague? Plague. plague. Plague or plague. I don't know what it is. So she always asks my wife, plague, plague? Plague. And so some new plague comes, like, like one of them was like with sparrows or something like that. They literally eat all the fruits, starlings. And so they go to the farmer's market with like a tenth of what they grew because all their fruit had holes in it. Okay? And then, and then another time is they, 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 like, they had this infestation of snails. Right? Like, no. Like, why? How did they have snails? And so the snails were literally, it was crazy. Thousands and thousands of thousands, like all over, the tr- all over the trees. And they're like, what do we do? And, and, and so what, it was so cool because it's like there's this holistic farm that you think this is the way God created farming to be. Just everything, right? And yet there was all these pests and infestations. And they're just like, full of stress and anxiety. And they're like, why are we doing this? I want to quit. And, they, and they're like, nobody wants to help us. And, and the guy that actually started helping them, he actually died of cancer like five years in. Very sad. I, I can't say that. Too many details. <laughs> and so, and so <laughs> that was the spoiler. <laughs> Your master builder has already died and arose again. So we're safe. Hey! <laughs> anyway, so there's all these catastrophes every year. And they're just like, what are we doing? We can't do this. And so it shows literally them just like hopeless. And then they sit there and they're like, there's got to be a solution. And then a solution comes around. And they realize that we've been raising ducks what eats, what, what eats snails but ducks? And so they bring the ducks in and they open up the door and the ducks come running out and they just start chomping thousands and thousands of snails. And then, and then like there's a lot of these gophers and they're digging up all their stuff and, and what they realized is they have coyotes. And, and at first they hated the coyotes because they were killing the chickens. But, but, but then they realized we can't kill the coyotes because there's a purpose for the coyotes. And the coyotes actually had a purpose. The problem is people had, the, 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 the countryside didn't have enough coyotes. And they thought one coyote is too many. So little by little, the coyote population starts to thrive again and eats all the, the gophers. Anyway, I'm going to skip to the end. They start, they, 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 they build, they, they have a problem with all the starlings eating the fruit. Well, they decided to put a bunch of um, barn owl um, little boxes all over the hundreds of them. And little by year, year after year, they got more and more barn owls. I think, how many did they have? Like a, like a, they had like hundreds of barn owls, they said. All right? Too many details, sorry. And so, <laughs> and so all the barn owls started eating and attacking the starlings and keeping them away. So here's my point. You are a field being built. You are, you are, you are Christ's body. You are, you are a building being built up, okay? Here's the thing, though, is God is building you. And he's not just building you as a row of spinach, okay? You remember I told you about the ground cover? When there was a massive rainfall, just tons and tons of water was coming down. The other farms in the neighborhood was on the news. They showed the news clips. All their topsoil was running off. They lost all their topsoil. Their crops were basically washed away. Why? Because they didn't have any ground cover. And so when the thief tries to come in and steal, there's nothing to steal because you've built a holistic life. You've built a healthiness that actually isn't, isn't affected by all of life's troubles. You will have troubles. I promise you. The Bible promises you are going to have problems. Because Jesus says if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And so, but how do we walk through these trials? But by building our lives rock by rock, piece by piece, by starting with milk and then moving on to real meat. Built on the foundation of Jesus. Not just Jesus, but what he did on the cross. This is why we remember the covenant. Okay? This is the heart of a Christian faith. But it's not enough just to make declarations. It's not enough just to laugh until you believe it. Although I like doing that. 
you have to build yourself up. Listen, we don't think this way sometimes. How do I know? Because I talk to people. We don't think this way. So I'm sorry if you do, and this is like repeat, but you have to build yourself in such a way that, that you're becoming a whole person. And how do you do that? How do you do that? This is really good, right? Because that's what we're all wondering, right? You don't just plant, you don't just plant uh, kale. You don't just plant peaches. You gotta plant ground cover. You've gotta, you've gotta have it all. You've gotta spend time in worship. You gotta spend time reading his word. You gotta spend time talking to each other and, and revelating about how good God is. You gotta spend time in church. You gotta spend time out of church. See, God is the master builder. First Kings 6 says, when the house was built, it was the stone prepared at the quarry so that neither hammer nor ax or any tool of iron was heard in the house while it was being built. See, God is building you and you're being assembled. Our role is to be built. Our role is to say yes, is to submit ourselves. Here's the word I keep getting in this, in this, in this idea is surrender. Is surrender. Here's the opposite of surrender. The opposite of surrender is, what are you doing? I gotta start my career. I gotta get a, I gotta get a raise. I gotta go to this school next. I gotta get this wife or this husband. I gotta get this next. It's you planning out your life. It's you toiling and trying to, trying to build this life of yours into something awesome and amazing. But the reality is we're called to surrender our life. And th this is a walk of trust, okay? This is, the, this is a walk of trust. Because when you surrender your life to the builder, and I don't mean lay down on the couch and soak all day, okay? That could be a season. Don't let that be normal, all right? That's not how you get rent, all right? But... But surrender looks like, it looks like just saying, God, this is not my burden. This is not my yoke. This is your yoke. And I don't know what to do right now, but I know you do. Can I tell you how freeing that is? Everybody say this with me. Say, I don't know what to do, but you do. Say it again. I don't know what to do. Say, I don't know where to go. Say, I don't know how it's going to work out. Now say this, but you've never let me down. You got to ask for wisdom. You got to ask for, ask for revelation. Ask, for, ask to be led. Ask for eyes to see, ears to hear. It's a whole life picture we're talking about here. Do you get me? I'm not trying to hit any one thing because I want to finish this up, but Psalms 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. You know what laboring in vain means? It means... It means you're going to be sitting there wondering why you don't have joy. It means you're going to be sitting there wondering why is this eating my lunch? Why, do, why can I not get rid of this anxiety? Why do I keep coming back to the same fears? That's what laboring in vain means. Unless the Lord builds the house. And really what that means, it's surrendering to him, letting him build it. Here's what it doesn't mean. Whatever you want to do, God, I'm, I, I don't want, I'm more of you, less of me. This isn't about me. This is all about you. I'm just going to sit in my chair and let the world promote me. No, no. There's a co-laboring. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a walking with him, but he, there's a difference. You got to understand, like sometimes we'll be like, we're, we're, we're in anxiety and stress and we're like, well, I'm just laboring with the Lord. Anything worth doing is going to be hard. Like, No. No, walking with the Lord should be easy and light, but full, but full of, of partnering. He, he's given you guys dreams and visions and ideas. Even right now, God is releasing ideas about what you should be doing, what you're called to do. But don't take on the burden. 
Don't try to be the builder. Just be a co-laborer. Walk with him. Two things I want to say, I'm going to close with this. Don't rush the process. Don't rush the process. It's easier for some of you. It's harder for others. If you're like a mover and a shaker and an achiever, you're like, what do you mean? I thought that was winning. <laughs> I'm getting there quicker. <laughs> Don't rush the process. When you, when, when you rest, it's a whole lot faster. And the, and the last one I'm going to put is it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. I'm going to read Ephesians 2, 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Don't rush the process. And how do you not rush? You realize that it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. If you try to rush this and the rain comes, everything's gonna get washed away. You know how many people are out there that are burned out from ministry? What happened? They had built this and this, but they didn't build all this. How do you know what to build? He does. He knows how to build you. This is not on you. He knows how to build you. So don't rush the process and enjoy it. You know, Abraham, when, when God made the covenant with Abraham, they did the whole get the animals, rip them in two. Fire comes, he walks through the covenant. And he said, Abraham, I'm gonna make your descendants more numerous than the stars. You remember that? After that, in the next chapter, it talks about Abraham walking with the Lord. Walking with him. Had he seen the promise yet? Was Abraham fully built into this man that he was talking about? No. But what happened in the process? He got to walk with God. He got to have intimacy with him. Natalie Hess last, last week, right? The extra, right? Jesus is... <laughs> you, you had to be there. She talked about even in the process of, of trying to get to the extra, how good he is, there's intimacy, there's provision. There, so listen, for all of our striving and wanting to get where we're called to be is beautiful. It's awesome the way we're excited to see like, I want to be power, I want to be a giant, I want to be a world changer, I want to be a revivalist. Cool. You are one right now and you're in process. So walk with him. Have fellowship with him. Learn to have intimacy with him. Take your backpack off and stay a while. So don't rush it, and it's so worth it. The Christian walk is frustrating. If you're trying to do it on your own. It's maddening. There is no Christian walk without the master builder building. There's just, there's just religion. I was going to say an imposter. It felt kind of harsh. <laughs> the reality is the Christian walk is supposed to be easy, guys. It's supposed to be, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. I'm not saying it's not going to take a lot of work and time and energy and distance 
but we get to walk with him hand in hand every day. And that's, that's the goal. The goal isn't the finished product. Okay, why don't you guys stand with me? We already prayed for people to take their backpacks off and to get rid of the burden today, but just put your hand on your heart right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just close your eyes. I'm gonna ask God a question and I want him to speak to you, okay? I think it's great if I could pray for you. I'll pray for you afterwards, but I want him to speak to you. And then I can just feel it in the room. There's an anointing right now for God to speak to you. <laughs> Father, I ask right now, would you speak to each person here intimately? And the question I want you to ask him that he wants to answer is, Father, what burden am I holding on to right now? That's causing me to slow down. That's causing me to be tired. We'll just say tired. And when you see it, and the Lord is so generous and kind that he tells us the areas that, we're, that we need some correction in. And when you see it, just say, God, I'm sorry. I repent. I give that back to you. And anytime you feel yourself grabbing that again, I want you to do, just do it again. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I did that again. I didn't mean to take that. And now, I don't, I don't know what God's gonna say to you, but I just feel like I'm supposed to ask this question. Say, just ask him, say, Father, where... Where do you want to build or what do you want to build in my life right now that is not being built and cultivated? You could say, what vegetable? Maybe it's the vegetable of worship. Maybe he's trying to build a, a discipline tree, a responsibility tree, a serving tree. What's he, what's he want to build in your world next? And just say this, say, God, I trust you to build that. Yeah. Father, I pray right now for our, our family, our community here. God, I pray that there, would, that there would be legs to walk this out. There'd be grace to walk out everything you've asked of us. God, I pray for freedom from any burden, any yoke that's not ours. God, I pray for not just freedom right now. I pray that there'd be an enduring freedom, God, that continually gets set free every time things, something comes up until it's a historical thing. I used to be afraid of that. I used to have anxiety around that. And I, I pray, God, that that would be a reality that, that, that we just sow into right now. And I pray that there would be an ending. Right now, in Jesus' name, there would be an ending to these anxieties for good right now. There would be an ending of these fears right now. In your name, God, we worship you. We celebrate your ability, your grace to set us free, God. We thank you, God. I thank you for fruit from this place of freedom. Yeah. And all God's people said amen. Come on. Amen. Just give them, just give them some praise right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Can we get our prayer team? Come on up here if you're on our prayer team. One last thing. Before anybody moves, um, we, we, we don't ask very often, but I want to ask right now. We need probably four people to, jump, to help with our setup team, okay? I know that we only have a couple teams that we really rely on at this church. A lot of it, like, we're just, we're excited you get to come in and you don't have to do much. I love that too. However, one of the things we really need on a Sunday morning is a setup team. Um, we have incredible kids workers. They're doing really well. They could, they, 
Anybody would love to, if you want to serve in the kids, great. But right now, I want to, I want to reach out and touch every one of you and ask you, would, would, you, would you ask the God, God, is this something that you want me to do? And if, if you just want to do it because you know there's a need, and that's what family does, is they, they, they fill needs in the family, um, I'd love it if you said yes. So can I, get, can I get four people to raise their hand? Here's what it looks like before you say yes. It looks like twice a month, showing up at 8 o'clock. I know this is super detailed. 8 o'clock in the morning, and you get to laugh and set chairs up. And you get to enjoy being here with other people and praying with us in the, before service. All that stuff gets to be yours for the one low price of twice a month. <laughs> and then it's probably another 30, 40 minutes afterwards, depending on how much we as a community don't dirty the place up. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay? So that's, that's what I'm asking. Um, if, if, that, if an extra hour hour and a half on a Sunday morning feels like too much right now because your world has four kids. Um, I don't know. Maybe you're, you're just, you're exhausted. You're in depression. And actually, I'd say that's a good reason to jump on this setup team. Um, consistency. Cons- I'm telling you guys, consistency is a powerful discipler. It's a powerful discipler. So I, I'm just throwing this out there. This is a real need, you guys. Um, I'm just going to be real. It hurts my heart that, that we don't have half the church on the setup team. Um, just because I think family just dives in and sacrifices. Um, so no shame, no condemnation to anybody. I'm not looking at anybody. I'm not. But I'm being real. Like, this is a big need. And it's not fair that two or three people have to do the work for all of us to get to really enjoy the glory that we all bring and God shows up in. Does that make sense? Come on, it's being real. This is, this is real life. This isn't religion. This is like... This is family. This is the kingdom. So can I get, can I honestly get four people to raise your hand? One, two, two more. It could be more. Three. Is there somebody else that I missed? Four or five. Awesome. Awesome. Can I have you guys? I know, uh, uh, we love you guys. Thank you. You did it because oh, I couldn't. No, I'm just kidding. All right. We love you guys. <laughs> um, honestly, we all have gifts to give. You get that, right? We all have something to serve with. Not all of you guys have biceps like mine. I get that. I work out, so you don't have to. Um, but can you guys come on up? I'm going to stay right here so I can get your name, and I'll probably connect you with somebody. Um, but come on up. Thank you, guys. Come on up for prayer. We love you. Have an amazing Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.